I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe. And this is Season 4, Episode 12 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It's supposed to come out on uh, August 9th, 2021. And this will be our last podcast for the spring, summer area, you know, of our uh, podcast recording. Uh, and uh, we will be back sometime in uh, September, October time period to finish off the second season. Uh, we normally take a break during this time period for a month just to, you know, kind of do some research, get some new things set up and things like that. So I've never had this beer before. And this is a um, Guinness St. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Everybody knows it's St. James Gate, Dublin, uh, Ireland. Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's 4% ABV. It's a beer with coffee and natural coffee flavors. And I don't see anything other than it gives you the information about the uh, about opening it up on here. So I got this because um, I was intrigued, mm -hmm. and I just wanted like a beer I had never had before, but from a big name. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna let you talk about what you think of it. It's not bad. Um, I think I complained about Guinness a little bit when we did the other Nitro episode mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, I like this a lot more than their normal beer. Um, it's a little bit smoother. Probably a lot of that is just a lower ABV. It's not quite as dark in terms of like richness. Well, it's the same. Um, it's the same. Uh, same thing. It's a stout, so it should. Well, yeah, but you know, their nor normal stouts are a lot more intense. Well, that like they mix this in. The, yeah. the Irish stouts are soured. I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Okay. So you know, it's got that going for it. But here's the thing: coffee not that strong. No, it's not. It's, it's not even – it's very kind of like in the background. Those flavors are there. Um, they're definitely kind of left behind on your tongue. So, like, as I'm speaking with this, I'm still tasting it in my mouth. But it's not as strong as, like, your coffee melt was. You know, your coffee melt had a much better coffee flavor to it than this did. It's true. It's well, true. I guess this does. I'm still drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so one thing, though, do you get that chocolate it smell is, off of it? It has a really good smell. Oh, God, it smells so good. I, so normally – I. I'm kind of the opposite. I do enjoy a good Guinness. Mm -hmm. I like to have it with like a steak or, you know, something that's really hearty. Maybe some like steak and potatoes or bangers and mash or something like that. And that just sounded so stereotypical. But those are like things that mm -hmm. I think of. You know, like if I'm going to drink this, I like this with this. Um, but, you know, having this, this is something that I could see myself, you know, just having for like an afternoon, just sit down. I'm enjoying it. It's just, you know kind of chilling thing yeah. you know like a lunch or something like that mm. not that i drink over my lunches but you get what i'm saying right yeah so, yeah so i'm pretty uh i'm pretty happy with this one it's got a nice coffee flavor i keep covering my mouth too i'm sorry guys <laughs> i i never realized that i was doing that until i had headphones on and i could hear it so i must have been doing this this whole podcast like for the past five years almost i just think your voice is like that yeah that, so everybody just thinks that i just go in and out because you know i'm just constantly going, but it's just because i'm we've, I, we've I got the know. mic on like a trombone but yeah man this is like chocolate and coffee and roasty it kind of reminds me of um uh there's a candy i'm thinking of that's like a chocolate candy you know more like those uh risins sort of thing uh, no, the, these are the, it's a, it's a chocolate candy that has like some toffee in it and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's coffee, toffee and chocolate. And that just kind of, this kind of reminds me of it. Yeah. It's really good. I don't know the name of the candy, 
but you should totally check it out. Uh, it's the Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Stout. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I think I said last time the only thing I really, with like these Guinnesses and that other Nitro I had, I do with them is cook with them. But you're right. This is one I could drink. Like it's light enough that you sit out on your porch. Um, I'm not sure I sip in the afternoon. I don't do like a lot of like in the day drinking. If I was doing like a brunch or just like sitting outside one morning, like I went camping or something, I'd bring a couple of these with me. Like one of those, like you're out doing something occasions where you might drink a little bit. Uh, the ABV is low enough, and it's kind of got that mellowiness to it. Yeah, like it's very, it's very tranquil drink if you can put things like that into a drink. So let's talk about AI Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Now, about I guess it's been about two months. Oh, we yeah. talked about like yeah. this as a as a podcast topic. And I started playing it. Uh, I haven't played multiplayer with anybody. I haven't been mm-hmm. able to get anybody to play multiplayer with me. I think we talked about it, and we just kind of never like followed up on it. But um, So give me your take on AI Dungeon before we talk about the controversies that have to yeah. do with it. Yeah, in terms of like just the raw technology, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially before some of the controversial things happened. I played maybe like 10 hours before I even recommended it to you. Had a blast. There were some that like never really took off. The AI just didn't like pick back up where uh, where you wanted it to, taking a little weird directions. But I had a couple of them that kind of once I learned how like the backup and rewrite features and all that stuff worked, were like really interesting. You have to let go and and the, you have to let it kind of guide you. But I played some things that like if that was the plot to an indie game, I would have been happy with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, and I I think for me. Um, I, I didn't buy any of the GPT-3 mm-hmm. stuff. I just did GPT-2. Um, and that was good enough for me to have a good time with it. I really enjoyed um, making some of the stories, you know, and the silliness that kind of comes out of yeah. the, like, weird stuff that the that the AI dungeon does. Um, and I, I'm not uh, – I don't hate it. Um, but it, after a little while, one of the problems that happened is the – the, in every single one of my stories, whether it's custom or mm-hmm. I'm using someone's already built script, the AI would get confused. Yeah. Uh, kind of towards the end, you'd mm-hmm. complete a couple of quests or you'd get like the main quest complete. Uh, and I did it again. I just covered my mouth. But you'd get to that point and then the AI would just like kind of stumble for a while. And I'd end up having to write in what happened next. Now, after mm-hmm. I did that, the AI would move on. Yeah. You know, and, and it, but it, it would the further along I got, it would just do more things, and it would pull it like in some of the worlds, it would just randomly pull in things that weren't having any like in one of the things that I did, I had met up with these people and I was adventuring with them, and we were supposed to go to this like mage um, tower, mm-hmm. go to the mage tower, and then suddenly the city that was not under attack is like under attack and everyone's dying. Yeah. Yeah. It tries to spice things up. You got to play with that a little bit. In your settings, there's like a quote unquote randomness. And uh, it's how often will it try and take that leap somewhere else? Well, in this uh, world, there were world events that were happening. And so oh, yeah, yeah. the world events were being pulled in. But because something was happening someplace else, it was affecting my game, which I didn't mm-hmm. mind. Um, but sometimes I would suddenly be in another place. Yeah. Just. Yeah, the that's the, especially craziness. in the two, I got one month of the three to try that out, and it was a little bit better. 
I think that's the real place some of these like AI generated things could really improve, or at least the ones that AI Dungeon is using, is it doesn't have enough space to kind of remember past events. Right. So especially in some of my longer games, because I had some that lasted for hours, it would kind of lose track of what had happened in the beginning. So like certain characters would show up and they'd show up again, but they don't really have the same personalities. Yeah. So you kind of have to like remind them. It's like it's almost like um. If you've had another person take over a character in D and D, like the original player left and new player comes in, you end up like, "Oh, it's the same character." But you, you remember when we did this? Yeah. Or you know, like, they don't, and yeah. and so they well, they don't play up. it off well. Well, yeah. as soon as you're like, "Oh, don't you remember when we did this?" You're like, "Yes, I do remember that," <laughs> and you're just like putting it into into a new location in its memory or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was certainly interesting. One of the things I did learn from it is you have to be one. You have to give it a little bit of space. If you don't give it enough, you're right. It does like peter out. But if you keep trying to force your story, it gets like confused yeah. on it, on its chain of events, and um, you can it won't say no to you. Uh, I remember I was playing like a paladin or something that had like just a little bit of magic, and it pulled the same thing. Yeah. It's like go to this town before they get attacked because I had to warn them of the invasion. But when I got there, the invasion was already there, and people were dying, and that like felt a little weird. Just like I, I will save the town, and it kind of escalated. It was like, oh, you, it's not five people; it's an army. You see them over the hill, exactly, and it's like, oh no! And I just like, I just win. I forget <laughs> what I said. It's like I, I charge them and slay them all. And it just rolls with it, and then it had like this uh, JRPG final boss, like a god descends from the heavens. I was like, I summon meteors to destroy it. And it was like, okay, you <laughs> okay, do. Okay, you destroyed it. Yeah, and so it, it, those things are fun. I also liked that um, since they feed in so much text to make these things, it can have context for things you say. So I played a generic sci-fi game, and I forget what, uh, what I even said to it. It's, I think it was just like I, I wasn't even playing in my head in like the Star Wars universe, but I couldn't think of like a better word, so it was like I used the force or I used like force to do something, and it immediately picked in. It's like, oh, you're in Star Wars, huh? <laughs> oh, you're in. It's like, oh, well, you did a bad thing. You're a Sith. Yep. You're on this planet, and like it, it just pulled in that like whole camp like setting, and suddenly I was in Star Wars with Star Wars races on Star Wars planets, you know, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I so I think that there, what one of the problems that I have with it though is there are other technologies that you can use. They don't. I mean, they don't have the uh, backbone, the servers that that would mm. uh, make it as powerful. But there's like Clover and some other things oh, yeah, that you yeah. could do. There's plenty of little alternatives for it. Yeah, um, but this one kind of went out there, made their own website, got all that AWS stuff, um, made a, a certain mistake. I think in starting to offer optional charging. Yeah. Um, I think that really set them down that path of a lot of the other things that happened. Well, the, I mean, they're also doing things like reading people's stories. And while I don't agree with their kind of... So that on one hand, privacy is a big concern mm -hmm. for me. Like, if I want to play something and have it be like my fantasy and my fantasy world and something that someone else may not agree with happens, then... You know, that's that's my fantasy world, you know. But if it's on your servers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking even completely aside about all that stuff. So, like, to pull the curtain back, 
some of the big controversies going around are around privacy and censorship. Yeah. Um, and their really inability to implement those controls they put in. So, like, they went through, made a bunch of, like, kind of like illegal terms and, like, play scenarios, um, which yeah, you can have your own opinion on whether or not people should be able to play whatever they want or if there should be guidelines. But the bigger issue was because the AI is not designed with those restrictions, sometimes the AI would throw those things in, and you would get immediately banned from yep. what the AI said, yep. not what you typed, what the AI typed. Um, so that was causing a lot of problems. But what I, what I was saying about the charging is they used to be able to run this whole thing for free because if you don't charge for it, the Amazon services they were using to host it were free. free. Yeah. And as soon as they had a premium option, they had to start paying for those servers. And that stuff's not cheap. Nope. I mean, there's a ton of computation power that goes into this stuff, even if it's just you playing. Now, imagine there's 10,000 people playing. And you got to store all that data and remember their stories. and It becomes crazy. Uh, yeah, it set them down this path that now that they started to charge, they have to charge to keep the doors open. Right. Um, and then there was this kind of rush between, like, the gyms and everything like that. So, yeah, should you play AI Dungeon? I don't know. I can't tell you that. But it, it can be fun. Just know that there are some risks to the reward. Yeah. And, and be careful because... You can get in trouble with the AI dungeon people if the the computer says certain things about certain things, especially when it has to do with like yeah. children. And stuff I, like I think what I got away from it is that some of these like AI story generation technologies are finally mature enough that they can be entertaining to play. Yeah. So whether it's AI Dungeon or you're downloading Clover, or I know there's a couple new projects in the pipeline that aren't available yep. yet. Go check those out, because in all honesty, I think I played like a total of like 20, 30 hours before I kind of got a little tired of it, and uh, I started playing, you know, other games like Outer yep. World and stuff like that. I enjoyed it. Those yep. were a good 20, 30 hours. So, I was going to talk about Audacity and billionaires, but you know what? Those are controversial topics, and we just talked about one, so I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Well, but basically, what I'll say is Audacity might be spying on you, because they changed their term. They were bought by somebody, and if you're an open source company, you went into a compact with the people that you, you know, are, are part of the open source community. You probably shouldn't say that you're going like put something in where you're like in our terms and conditions, we're going to gather data on you. Yeah, and then whatever. So there's alternatives to Audacity. We're probably going to stop using it, even though we use it. I haven't updated it to the newest mm -hmm. version that gathers data on you. Um, so yeah. Uh, there's Audacity Dark. That's evidently Audacity, a fork of Audacity that still is open source in, in the way that open source should be. But the Steam Deck, that's the last, oh, that's that's yeah. the thing I want to talk about in the last like minute yeah. that we have. And 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 so I've reserved one. Yeah, um, I reserved one as well. And I just, uh, we, we've talked about this extensively. Mm -hmm. So just in, in a one minute breakdown, can you make it like 60 seconds? Go. It's a gaming laptop shaped like a Switch and that's amazing. Yes, awesome. Buy one. <laughs> um, so we, but uh, there are some features that aren't there. Like if you wanted to have a cellular modem built into mm. it or something like that, um, that probably would have made it more expensive. There are alternatives like the A N E O A Y A N E O. I've never touched one, but I've seen Linus from Li Linus Sebastian mm. from Linus Tech Tips 
Uh, he has one of the pre-production ones of those, and he loves it. Like It's a little bit bigger than the Steam Deck would be. But um, it runs Windows. The Steam Deck runs Steam OS. I don't know which one's better. Um, I kind of want to get my hands on both, but the AMEO is like a thousand dollars, and the Steam Deck's like six fifty. Gotcha. You know? yeah, so, yeah. so there's a significant. Six fifty is the good one. That's like yeah. a premium model. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that there, there's a, a significant, you know, price difference. Mm-hmm. It, it might uh, it might get closer to a thousand with the dock and everything like that, but. I mean, you don't really have to buy the dock. Yeah, uh, I also thought the dock was included. No, the dock's not it's included. Not, okay. No, you, 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 you buy the dock separately. But here's the thing. It works with the Steam controller. Mm-hmm. You can plug it up to a monitor and display it on a monitor, so it could be a way to do couch gaming. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many different things that you can do with this thing. Uh, and even like an A&EO or something like that that are just amazing. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, our primary use case is me and Alice have talked forever about, like, okay, should we get a second gaming computer? Because we would love to play some of these PC games together. And Steam Deck just solves that problem. Yeah. She already loves the Switch. She barely ever plays it on the dock. She always just plays it in bed. She can do all of her gaming there, and if I want to hop in, boom, boot up the gaming computer. Yep. Now we're doing two-player PC gaming with our own screens. Yep. I mean, pretty nice. For me, um, I, I've got plenty of devices that I can stream from mm-hmm. my, you know, within my house. But if I want to carry something with me, I always have to carry a laptop. And I don't always want to carry a laptop. Mm-hmm. And so this would, like, if I'm on vacation or something and I want to play some PC games, I can play it. Um, the only thing that might be a problem is if I'm not near a Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. But I've got hotspots and things like that that I can mm-hmm. make work. So, yeah, pro- probably not not that bad of a um of a little device to have so yeah i mean if you carry something like a switch around for gaming and you don't care as much about like the first party like mario titles it's gonna replace my wife's switch for a lot of things because she's been getting lots of these pc ports to play basically pc games on the switch uh, uh the switch we don't have to do that anymore yeah just play it natively just play it right off her steam account yep exactly so I think that's that's uh, our argument until we get our hands on the, the hardware. Mm-hmm. We're gonna ha- we're both probably gonna have one when oh, they yeah? come out. I, I mean I know I I reserved one and I'm already planning on buying it. So that puts us in a position where I guess we're gonna end this episode. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We have a Patreon and Twitter and some other uh, social links down below. We'd love for you to engage with us there. Other than that, this has been Season 4, Episode 12 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.